Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I am Nikki Cross and today I want to talk to you about something that is a little bit odd for me to talk about, but also very much not odd for me to talk about. I am coming to you, if you're on Spotify, you're going to be able to see a video as well as um, listening to the audio of this. If you listen on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, you're not going to be able to see this. And pointing this out for a reason, I've just been to the gym and um, I have got on, I'm wearing, if you can't see me, some gym leggings and a baggy Rolling Stones t-shirt. And as I was walking out the gym, I saw someone that I knew and she said to me, I never, I never had you down as a Rolling Stones fan. And of course, got in my car, I've been moving around and bam, like all of these thoughts flooded my head because I got in the car and I was, I suppose the subconscious thought was, do I feel like listening to the Rolling Stones? Why did she think that I wouldn't be into the Rolling Stones? No, I feel like listening to Faithless and then put Faithless on as I'm driving home. All of these thoughts came into my head and I want to share them with you because I think that it relates massively to a lot, what a lot of my clients are going through in business at the moment, which is how do I authentically show up in business without it? And I'm going to be really blunt in this episode without it impacting my business results negatively. Um, And what they actually really mean by that is how do I show up as me with my preferences, with my quirks, with my desires as well. I'm going to talk about that in today's episode without losing clients, without losing money, without losing my job. And I think I'm going to call this episode something like, what has music got to do with being yourself in business? Now, for those of you who don't know, when I was younger, I think like 16, something like that, I, um, what's my sister saying? Stop scowling. You stop scowling. Um, for those of you who are listening on the Inner Work Conversation, I'm also live on Instagram as well, so people can see me there. Um, when I was, I'm not going to look at the comments anymore because it's putting me off. When I was in college, when I was younger, um, I did popular music, sound engineering, and music business. Now, this is relevant to today's episode because. I chose that course because it. I felt so pulled to it. I didn't play an instrument. So I was the only person doing that course that didn't play an instrument. The only thing I could do half well is sing and let my instrument be my voice. But I was very interested in musicians, not in a dating musicians kind of way, but in a they interest me, musicians interest me. I find them fascinating. I was also very interested in business. So that particular course, music, business and sound engineering really struck, like, like it struck a chord to me. I was I was obsessed. I loved it. I loved doing that. And roll on now, I'm 36, 37, something like that now. And I'm now beginning to really see, I'm now looking back and being like, oh my God, it made so much sense. Um, I'm going to tell you another story and it's all going to link together in a minute. Recently, I've watched, um, is it called Supersonic, the documentary? I think it is. By um, It's on Oasis. And I've never really, like, Oasis has never really been a band that I've absolutely adored. However, best believe I know every word to all of their songs. So isn't that interesting that, like, I'm going somewhere with this. 
and it's all about being authentic in business. So stick with me. You just need to know all this context for it to really drop in. At the end of the episode, I'm going to give you two questions to consider. And you really need to hear all of this in order to consider them and take what you can from this episode and be like, yep, that makes complete sense to me. I'm going to go off. And now all that context considered, really think about that, how that sits with me. I was watching Supersonic, the documentary, and I was just watching these two young men completely own what they wanted to do, who they wanted to be, really owning the music that they wanted to create, not having it be contrived, so not having it be something that they were forcing out, but just having it be something that, I don't know, like it just came out of them. And equally, their persona just came out of them. And the more sort of attraction that that got, the more the more of that they became. And it was very interesting to me. And there's lots of nuance around this, around like as a woman, as a someone who um, is a woman watching that, I was thinking, well, it's all very well and good. You guys being completely authentic in business, in in music business yourselves. When, I ha- when I'm completely authentic myself, I have to do some self-soothing <laughs> because it feels wrong. And that's something that, I am personally really going through at the moment. And you might be hearing that in in this ep- in the episodes that I'm recording, but it is also something I'm supporting my clients with. And I'd say the majority of my clients, in fact, all of my clients right now are women. And I think there is an extra layer of us in terms of conditioning, which I'm going to go into in this episode, not deeply, but there is a nuance there of um, watching the Gallagher brothers really made it clear to me that, I can't relate to their way of being, their unapologetic way of being. So there's something in that that I see in myself and in my own clients that is an additional piece of work to do when it comes to us being completely authentic in business. Any who's, what's music got to do with being authentic authentic in business? I've got an extra large post-it note here. So I went to the gym. My friend said to me, I'm bringing it back. Here I go. My friend said to me as I was leaving the gym, oh, I didn't think you'd be into the Rolling Stones. It sparked a thought in my head. I put Faithless on, Dragon Home, and all of this stuff came out, which is what I want to talk to you about today. So if if you're watching me, you will have seen I've got two columns. And then at the end of this episode, I want to present you with two questions to ask yourself to help you be more authentically you in business. Whilst I'm doing that, I also want to read out to you, this all links together. I want to read out to you a post I put out on Instagram today um, that was very much around being authentic in business. So let me read the post first, then I'll get into the detail. It says this, you can be successful by your standards and not compromise your health, well-being, integrity, dignity, or relationships. You can, but, big but, in doing so, you're going to bump up against all the expectations of others and your previous conditioning. I suppose you just have to choose which problem you want to have. And then I go on to say, here are some examples I've experienced or I'm experiencing. I don't do my best work with reams of slides and notes. I do my best work with a few bullet points and a strong intention. You will be able to see that because I'm doing that right now. I swear a lot. This helps me express myself in a way that is truly me. Many would deem 
oh sorry on the last point I don't do my best work with dreams and slides and notes. I do my best work with a few bullet points and a strong intention. Many would deem this as unprofessional and irresponsible. In my world, I've been in learning and development for over 18 years. You show up with a post, a large post-it note from Sainsbury's with your notes on to do your session, you're going to be frowned upon. That's not the way to do things in the industry that I work in. I swear a lot. This helps me express my way in a, tr in a way that is truly me. Many would deem this as uneducated because you should be able to find the words. And, oh, that must be because you're Northern that you swear a lot, right? And again, going back to the Gallagher brothers, I'm pretty sure no one asked them why they swear so much. Just saying. I treat my emails and social media as second priority to everything else so that I can prioritize being of service to my clients in brackets, which includes investing in my own rest, development, etc. Many would deem this as poor customer service and selfish. Can you see? I do. I see. I see in my own clients that they're doing these things because that's what's expected with zero regard to what they want, what's important to them, how they want to run their business, how they want to express themselves. And it's not easy because when you're honest about what you want, best believe you will bump up against other people's judgment. But do you know what you'll bump up against before their judgment? Your own. You'll notice as you start this work that you've been doing things on autopilot to avoid the emotions that come along with being true to yourself. And that is where we get to work. Now, what's all of this got to do with music and what's music and musicians got to do with being yourself in business? Let me tell you, the best artists, the best music artists out there, they're not just good at creating music. I'm just writing another one down that I've just think about, thought about. They're not just good at creating music, are they? They've got their own brand, right? So let me read out these artists and you just think about what they invoke in you. And that might be a feeling. It might be an actual song in your head. It might be a vision of like the flavor of them or the style of them. Let me read these artists out and see what it brings up in you the Rolling Stones, which is the t-shirt that I'm wearing, which is where this bloody episode came from. The Rolling Stones, Coldplay, Macklemore, Faithless, Stormzy, Labyrinth, Queen, Dolly Parton, Adele, Alexis French, Tony Jones, Oasis, The Beatles, Lizzie Jeff, Beyonce, Elderbrook, David Bowie. It's like all of these different people have, they bring something to the table and they are very, very different. Beyonce has a different style, carries a different brand than the Beatles. Neither of those two artists are apologetic in what they bring to the table. There's more to this. There's layers that I'm going to strip out. A good artist, a famous artist, an artist that is credible, an artist that is good at what they do, usually an artist that's been successful, is in integrity and not a cookie cutter. So I want you to just think about um, what's that program that we used to have? Britain's Got Talent? No. Pop, Pop Idol? Pop Idol. In the UK, we used to have a program called Pop Idol. Are any of those bands still going? I don't think so. And the reason that they're not still going is because they were a cookie cutter version selected by a panel of judges who are in the music industry put together 
and made to sing songs that sounded a certain way and made to wear clothes and have a brand that looked a certain way that was successful for a while, but now we don't know where they're at. We don't know where they've gone. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with that. It's just when I read out that list of of artists, there are going to be ones on there that you're like, surely everyone in the world knows them. Surely, right? A good artist creates from a place of feeling called to create from that place. I know how this relates to business for me because when I actually go out and outsource my creativity to my clients or my podcast audience or Instagram, when I, if I ever try to do that, it loses its magic. If I say to my people, what do you need from me? What do you want from me? And I'll create from that place. That's when it loses its magic. So again, in this episode, I don't want you to be listening to my story and thinking, okay, that's great for you, Nick. I want you to be thinking about what do you do in business? What's your job? What what service do you provide to your clients? And how does this apply to you? How does what I'm saying, how does it apply to you? So that point there, the artist feels they create from a place of feeling called to. A good artist has a certain sound. If I if I asked you to think about the Beatles and then I asked you to think about Coldplay, although they're a similar setup in terms of they're both bands, their sounds are very different. Why is that? Think about it. They're not on a, they're not apologetic. Right. I was speaking to one of my son's friends the other day about Oasis and he was like, oh, yeah, the Gallagher riff. So the guitar riff, it's really easy to learn. It's really easy to play. And it's pretty much the same riff throughout all of their um, collection of music. And I'm like, that's so interesting how the Gallagher brothers had a certain riff that is weaved into all of their music. I wonder if they ever felt apologetic for repeating themselves, because I tell you what I do. When I go online and I'm like, hi, everyone, here's how you can work with me. Here are my services. There's a lot there's a lot of resistance that comes up in me that says, oh, don't don't shout too loud. Oh, don't repeat yourself too much. Oh, you're not being very clear. And there's all of these voices that you have to navigate through. I have to navigate through in business, which is where my growth is, which is a lot of the growth that I'm going through at the moment is actually just unlearning all of the shit, all of the conditioning that I've been taught. So earlier on, someone on my Instagram said, oh, my sister on my Instagram said, stop scowling. Stop scowling, why? Am I meant to look pretty for you all? Is it better if I've got a happy face on? Do you see what I mean? Do you see how we've been conditioned in business? You will be more appealing if you stop scowling. Did someone tell the Gallagher brothers to stop scowling? I think not. How is that affecting you in business? Forget about me and forget about the laugh that me and my sister have had. Think about you. How are you being in business? And how is the brand and the flavor of music and the style that you think that you have to portray, how is that affecting you in business and how authentic you are being to yourself? I look at my podcast um, cover and how happy, smiley I am and how it's all lovely. And then I look at Mary Portis's podcast cover I don't know if you know who Mary Portis is. She used to do a program. She's in retail. She used to do a program. I can't remember what it's called. But um, I get a podcast cover. If you can see me on Spotify in the video now, she I think she's got her arms crossed. And she's it's almost like arms crossed, chin up. Almost, she almost looks like she's judging you. And it's like, 
I imagine that she is building that brand because that's part of who she is. She wants you to know that she's got an opinion. She's not trying to look pretty at you. She's not trying to sell her um, prettiness to you. She's trying to be credible in who she is. Same with music. Let, let, music, let's carry on. Um, oh, this is this is where the money is. Okay. Good artists know that it is okay. What does that say? It's Oh, they are, sorry. They are okay with the people who do not buy tickets to their concerts. They are okay with the people who do not buy the CD. Sorry, that's really old school. Or download, um, stream, <laughs> stream the song on Spotify. They're okay with them. They don't pay attention to them. It's not, and it's not even like, it's not like they, they're trying to convince them to like their music. Do you think that Adele is trying to convince Stormzy fans to like her music? Do you think that's who she creates music for? Fucking no. She doesn't create music for them. She creates music for people who like her music. Can you see how this is fucked up? Can you see how in business, a lot of the time, we create from a place of what do what do I think that is going to appeal to them? What do I think that they want? And where it all where it all comes from is money. Because what and I know this because what I'm supporting my clients through at the moment, particularly my one-to-one clients and those in tier two of the Thrive First Method, is when we be more authentic in business, when we be more like, hey, guess what? I'm not for you because you don't like this about the way I produce music. You don't like, and that's okay. But in that being okay with it comes the actual very practical things of, oh, so you're not going to buy off me. Oh, so you're, if I say that I structure my service like in the shape of a, a circle and you wanted my service to be in the shape of a square and I'm like, sorry, it's the circle only, then you're not going to buy from me. And I think part of the fear that comes up when we're really authentically ourselves in business is, but are there going to be enough people who like the circle? And are they going to, when I when I really go out there and I'm really myself and I'm really putting this circle out there, are there going to be enough people? And it's almost this scarcity mindset that makes us keep producing the square. And that's so important because going back to musicians, they don't create trying to convince these other people to like their music. They just don't. The Beatles were not concerned with if you liked punk rock at the time. They just, they weren't creating from that place. Think about why all of the, all of the artists that I talked about later, earlier, think about why they've been successful because they're not trying to convince anyone otherwise. Let's carry on. And like I said earlier, I'm going to get to the end of this episode and I am going to give you two prompts to take away and consider how all of this is impacting you in business. But I've got more to say on the fact first. By the way, on that point, they're not afraid to take up their space. Like I said earlier on, when I when I watched the Supersonic um, documentary with Oasis, they're not they're not afraid to take up space as who they are. When they go on stage, when Beyonce goes on stage, when Oasis go on stage, when Faithless goes on stage, when all of the people, when Adele goes on stage, they they know that all of the people in that audience are there to watch them, are there to consume their music. So they're not consumed within themselves of trying to please the people outside of the stadium or the theater. They're not, 
They're not trying to produce music for them. So I want you to think about you. Where in business are you trying to produce something, whether you're a business owner and it's a service or maybe you're a product-based business? Where are you trying to create from a place of getting the people outside of the stadium to like your stuff? And I want you to really ask yourself, if you're doing that, why is that? And dig deep because the answers are going to be deeper than I just want them to like me or I just don't want them to feel left out. A lot of the time when I'm working with my clients and I'm like, okay, so if your ideal client, if your best fit client is someone who um, you don't need to convince that this is the right service for them, they're already convinced themselves why then are you continuing to try and convince people that this is the right service for you? Why aren't you speaking directly to them? And we all know the answer, right? A couple of final points and then I'm going to wrap up and give you your journal prompts to go away with. How is music, what has music got to do with being yourself in business from a consumer's perspective? So from the listener's perspective, when you're a listener of music, when you get in your car and it's only you, and you turn your music on, there's a few things that you should think about and how this relates to business. When I get in my car and I put my music on and it's only me, I actually know what I like, not because it comes from my brain, but because it comes from my body. That is the one, one of the things that I love so much about music is it is undeniable. You cannot possibly argue with yourself about the music that you like you were you if you're on your own you will not play music that you do not like that is a really rare thing I've never ever known or seen anyone play music that they don't personally like when they are on their own the only time I have ever seen people consume music that they don't like is when they're either being inauthentic so um, they've met a new boyfriend and they want to fit in with that boyfriend. So they really like rap, but the boyfriend likes indie. So they're just going to listen to indie music or when you are just going to support someone to go to a concert with them, right? The point here is we know what we like. Deep, deep within our bones, we know what we like and we will defend our likes, right? So how this relates to businesses Think of the people that you serve. Think of the, if you're a business owner, so for me, for example, there are people who my my clients, my, my clients who think that I am one of the best things that's come into their life. Yeah, that's not, they're not my words, that they're their words. When they send my stuff on to, to some of their mates and some of their colleagues in business, sometimes their mates go, oh yeah, she's not for me. And my clients are a bit like, what? What? <laughs> She what she's not for you. That's really important to recognize when you're not for someone, that doesn't make you bad or wrong. That means that you were for that person. They thought you were brilliant. They thought that your work was so special and brilliant. But then someone very close to them can think that's a bag of shit. It's just like music. It's just like music. One you could think, oh, Wonderwall is the best song ever to have been recorded. And then you play that song to your mom and your mom goes, that sounds awful. 
And neither is right and neither is wrong, but it's the same in business. It's like, you have to appreciate that people have preferences and that preference does not therefore make your service or your style right or wrong. It just is your job as the business owner or the person in business is to be authentic with yourself so that you are not trying to appeal to people or even appealing to people because you're putting on a facade. That, that, right? Consumers and listeners know when they're being inauthentic. I've said that. And then the last point is, and this is actually quite important, the listener of the music chooses music that makes them either feel more of what they want to feel, what they're currently feeling, or be in the state of what the music will get them to feel. Let me explain. If I have just been dumped and I'm sad and I want music to support me in my sadness, then I'm going to play sad songs. I'm going to look for a playlist on Spotify that is like songs for breakups, right? Songs for sadness, songs to cry to. However, if I am driving to the gym and I'm like, right, okay, I want to get pumped here. I want to get like, oh, I want to get in the mood. I'm going to play something like Faithless or The Prodigy or something that makes something that invokes a feeling within me. You need to know about this as a service provider, as a business owner, because when you put shit out there, people are looking for either something that supports the way they currently feel or something that helps them feel more of what they want to feel. And if you're creating from an inauthentic place, you're not going to give them either of those things. You're just not. So I hope this has been useful. I hope this has been as insightful to you as it has been to me. This all happened on my journey home from the gym. So (laughs) there you go. This is what happens when music and movement collide. And then I throw a bit of business in the mix. I have absolutely loved this episode personally, like talking to you guys about it. So I hope that you've loved it too. The two questions that I'd like you to take away and consider for yourself as a business owner or someone in business. Question number one, how are you holding back your best work because you are trying to appeal to the masses? What I mean by that question is, and it's very much in line with the post that I read out that I put on Instagram this morning, How are you not being yourself when you create in business? How are you not being yourself when you show up in business? So if you scroll all the way back on my Instagram, what you will see is I used to show up only ever in a white buttoned up blouse because that is what I thought was the right way to look in business, the way that I would be taken seriously and been accepted because I was a new business owner. And quite honestly, there was points where I didn't really accept myself. So I thought, right, wearing that will help me to present myself in a certain way. It's inauthentic, right? That's what it is. Whether I like it or not, whether it's hard for me to say or not, it's inauthentic. So the question again, how are you holding back your best work because you're trying to appeal to the masses? And Just a caveat on that question. It might not be appeal to the masses. It might be the the end of the question might sound different for you. So let me let me say it another way, just in case this helps. How are you holding back your best work? Because you're trying to appeal to whoever you like to get validation from. 
because you're trying to appeal to whoever you think is going to give you what you need to feel safe within yourself. Second question, what opportunities, I love this question, what opportunities might come from owning your style? So I'm going to finish on this question with my own clients this week. Um, They have been stepping more into what is aligned for them. And for a lot of them, what that's looked like is setting boundaries around when their clients can expect them to communicate with them. And for others, it's looked like, actually, no, I don't do that kind of work. I do this kind of work. Um, And having to have, you know, conversations with clients, both current and like potential future clients to say, actually, no, I'm not going to be doing that work anymore. If you want that, you're going to have to go over there to that person and deal with all of the stuff that comes up within them when they own that out loud. Um, The last example that I'll give you is another client this week I've supported with increasing their prices. And when I actually think about that, when I think about what that's brought up in my client and how that's relatable to what I'm recording here with you today, when you increase your prices, it's a little bit like, can you imagine what Adele or Beyonce tickets are out at the moment, aren't they? So let's go there. Can you imagine what Beyonce charged for a very first concert? I wonder what that price would have been because it sure as hell will not be the same price as she's charging now, will it? It just won't, will it? Absolutely not. So when you think about that and when you think about what opportunities might come from owning your style, yeah, sometimes it's going to mean, geez, you know what? I am going to have to increase my prices because it's in integrity for me to do so. And the reason I haven't been doing it is because I don't want to not appeal to those people out there. I don't want to cut them out. I don't, whatever it is, right? And that might make, that might bring up a lot of ethical things for you around, you know, can I have a product suite that takes people from a really, like for me, for example, I've, again, I've recently done a post on Instagram, let me read it out to you, where I've updated my offerings so that it's very clear that my services start from free. So this post on Instagram, I'll link it in the show notes. The Inner Work Conversation podcast, what you're listening to right now, it's completely free. It only costs you your time. I've got the 50% challenge, which is an actual live workshop that is available for you on replay in video and audio format. And that's free. At the moment, that's free. I'll link it in the show notes. Then I take, then in this post, I take you through to the Thrive First method. So that's the first paid for service that you're going to find of mine. It starts at £79 a month and it goes up to £99 a month. Then there's Get Unstuck, the first one-to-one service. That is £375. Then there's Get Unstuck Plus, that's £750. Then there's the Inner Work Journey where people do really deep work with me that that creates sustainable change. And that's a thousand pounds a month for a minimum of four months. So you can see that I've got a product suite. I've got like a a little orbit of products there and services there available. And not every one of those is fitting for every kind of person. And if I don't own that, then that's gonna, that, that is gonna have a massive impact in my business. So again, over to you. What opportunities might come from owning your style? And if you want me to reword that just ever so differently so that you can get what you need from it, what opportunities might come from 
um, your prices being as they should be? What opportunities will come from you not doing the kinds of work that you just don't want to do anymore? Because a lot of the time, what we focus on is what we will lose as a result of really owning our style, as opposed to what we will gain. And in what we will gain, it just doesn't just impact you. It also will impact the people that you serve as well. Have a think about those questions. They're really important. So all of that said, I'm grateful that you've been here with me today. For those of you here on Instagram, I'm going to finish the live here. See you later. And for those of you who are with me on the Inner Work Conversation, as always, please never forget, I am always cheering you on. And I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.